news, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and Gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Welcome back to the Objective Basketball Podcast. S here, Lauren joining me as always. And we do have a guest. We spun the wheel again, the the wheel of fandom, if you want to call it whatever it is. We spun the wheel and we landed on the Memphis Grizzlies, which is fitting because the Memphis Grizzlies finally won their first game of the season. And we have Amy Stegemeyer here. She is a Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for Memphis Flyer, Flyer Grizz blog, co-founder of All Heart and Hoopsie. Uh, Amy, how are you doing? Um, I'm much better now. (laughs) (laughs) Winning fixes a multitude of sins. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. Um, Okay, so I guess we should start off on a positive note here. Yes, the Grizzlies finally won their first game of the season, 112-100 against the Portland Trailblazers. Bismack Biombo came in and did some stuff, which was really, really impressive. I was surprised that he wasn't re-signed or signed to any team yet. Um, Marcus Smart doing things. Desmond Bain and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. had big games last night. What were your takeaways from the Grizzlies' very first win of the season? Uh, They did a lot better as far as shot selection and executing. Um, They they played much, much better defense. Um, They've had a problem all all season, well, all seven games of it, um, (laughs) with not only turning the ball over a lot, but also not being able to to get those back, not being able to to capitalize on their opponent's turnovers. Mm -hmm. Um, The game Friday against Portland – like their the free throw disparity was like like Portland shot twenty three more free throws than than Memphis did, wow. and they like, Portland outshot Memphis, which is they're not historically a very good shooting team. This right. particular iteration of them, um, of course, right now really neither is Memphis. So um, I, I shouldn't say much, but we got uh, a good look at at healthy Luke Kennard mm-hmm. making shots. Um, yep. I'm excited to see how uh, Bismack Biombo can slot in. Um, they've they've had front court struggles since last season, but without Stephen Adams, without Brandon Clark, um, like they're, right now they're missing five of, of their their top eight guys. Well, no, we got we got Santi back, but yeah, their their bench has been horrible. Partly because <laughs> half of their bench is is their starters. So, right. like, their starting lineup is, like, three G-leaguers in a trench coat for, <laughs> for part of it. Um, I, I'm kidding, but, I mean, I'm really not if you've, if you've watched some of the games because there's, there's been some, some really positive aspects to take away from all of them. Mm-hmm. But none of them they were able to put together a complete 48 minutes of basketball. And right. Friday night they couldn't even do it with overtime help. So... Me and uh, my writing partner, Sharon, who also covers uh, the Grizzlies for the Flyer, um, were – if they didn't win last night, um, I- I'm pretty sure that, that Taylor Jenkins would get rode out on rail at this point. <laughs> the the um, alarm bells would be yeah, – yeah. yeah, they'd be ringing. Yeah, yeah so that's um, 
I don't necessarily think that he's out of the hot seat yet because mm-hmm. some of his decision making as far as lineups go have not been fantastic. Mm-hmm. This, but some of that is also limited to the fact that they're down so many key players. And so they've right. got guys, you know, they, they had all these rookies from last season. But none yeah. of them are really going to give you the kind of meaningful minutes that you need out of your your core guys. And mm-hmm. it it's a different team without Jaw. And right. I'll, I'll say it, it's a different team without Dylan Brooks, too. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. I am glad <laughs> as, as a as a Dylan Brooks sympathizer. Uh, I am I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, I, I think he was important to this team. I think Tyus Jones was important to this team. Um, and overall. If you think of the Grizzlies off seasons, the last two off seasons, you know, losing Kyle Anderson two years ago, um, there has been a level of depth that has been lost from this team. And I think when you're sometimes it goes right when you're trying to incorporate the younger guys in and there's already a system in place. And then sometimes, you know, like like right now, when there's guys missing, when you're missing multiple players and you're trying to bring along these guys a little bit quicker, there's going to be an adjustment period. Um and I think overall, like Lauren, we were talking about this off air a little bit, mm-hmm. but right. just the the young guys establishing themselves might be like a good thing in the long run, but not in the short term when you see the team struggling as it is right now. Yeah, uh, development over winning is not um, a good strategy for a team that's trying to compete for a title. Mm-hmm. And up until the start of this season, and I'm... I'm trying to, to, to stay in my zen, we're not panicking mode, because it could be worse. Right. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And and like I said, winning winning cures a multitude of sins, so I'm not feeling quite as, uh, wow, they need to make some adjustments. Um, but you're right, the past two summers they did lose, um, you know, they lost Tyus, um, who... When he played for us, was was hands down the best backup point guard in the league, and honestly, absolutely would 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 have been a starting point guard for any team that didn't have John Morant on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had been able to kind of step up in Jaw's absence. Um, I think the the reason the I guess the reasoning over the summer because Tyus wasn't ultimately in their their long term plans. And then there was the whole mess around Dylan Brooks. Um, I I don't, I think Marcus Smart can be who Dylan Brooks thought he was, but having watched, but I, I I say this as an unequivocal Dylan Brooks stan. Um, (laughs) I have watched him. I feel like I've watched him grow up. Um, You know, he started in Memphis as a rookie and, you've seen his confidence grow and he does a lot of good things defensively. So you put up with some of the boneheadedness that he does on offense. And sometimes that really, you know, a couple of seasons ago when Dylan scored 20 or more points, it was an automatic win. Um, Unfortunately, it might take him 22 attempts to (laughs) to get those 20 points. Um, But I, and, and I think the, um, the big kerfluffle over the summer um, with, uh, I think it was Wazra Shams ones that announced that, uh, oh yeah, that, yeah. that he would he would not be br- be brought back under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of think that that specific bit was leaked by Dylan Brooks's camp. Um, the like his relationship with all the guys on the team is still great. Um, his off his his off the court antics, which he's the kind of guy that like if he plays for your you love him when he plays for your team, you <laughs> hate him when you have to play against him because yep. he will he will absolutely go hard for all of those minutes. Um, he. And by the way, like you have another player in that now, like Marcus Smart yeah. for he made his entire career based on love to play with him, hate to play against him. So, right. I mean, this is nothing new for Memphis. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, it, Marcus Smart is who Dylan Brooks wanted to be, I think. <laughs> um, it's I, I think it's going to take a little bit. Like I'm not. He's not as uh, I don't want to say as offensively skilled because that. Yeah. I think a lot more of Dylan Brooks than than I think most people do, um, mm-hmm. because I have watched his entire career in Memphis, and of course, no yeah. nobody is nobody will work harder for a team than that guy, um, and he is the perfect sort of player for the kind of team that the Rockets are building now with all of the young guys. But like mm-hmm. all of the stuff that you saw with, you know, their, their pregame dances and all of it, like they really <laughs> were a group like that. Yeah. Um, and he was an important part of kind of build, helping build that culture. Um, I think, you know, Marcus Smart will, will help in the locker room in a lot of ways too. Um, it's kind of an unspoken thing right now that uh, everybody get, is going to keep their eyes on John Morant and how he acts when he returns from suspension um, mm-hmm. at media day, both Marcus Smart and Derek Rose said they, you know, they didn't have any intention to be babysitters, but mm-hmm. they're also the kind of guys who have, have been around the league for a while. You know, they, they have families, um, and can be a positive influence on the the kind of young going out partying, right? That right. That that was kind of brought up a lot last season. Now, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, Lauren, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I mean, with the current group right now, one thing that I, especially when I think about Dallas and how the importance of the three point shot, and I'm looking at Memphis kind of struggling a little bit starting the year. And obviously last night against Portland was a bit of a change of pace, which is obviously a good sign. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask when you're looking at them, is it, and especially bringing in Bismack Biomba, and you're looking at these these different groups, the lineups. You mentioned the lineups with Coach Jenkins kind of being maybe a bit of a question mark. With the three-point shooting aspect of their offense, do you think it's sort of a, oh, they've just got to sort of get their legs under them, get used to the groups? Or is it more of like a, these lineups, I just don't know that they're going to work from a spacing or just a consistency standpoint. Where do you stand on sort of their the three-point just aspect of their offense so far? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think for, you're right from a consistency standpoint. I I don't know how sustainable, uh, and 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 really what is there to sustain because they, you know they had they had some good shooting nights, but mm-hmm. ultimately that wasn't wasn't enough for the first six games of the season. And you can point out places in each game where they turned and they get so far into they've started so far in a hole. You know by the time they you know, get to the third quarter, they're already down, down by double digits. Yeah. And it's so hard to come back from that. Right. But they've got Desmond Bain, who is 
an excellent three-point shooter. They've got Luke Kennard. Yeah. Uh, him and Dez were, I, I guess, the, the top two three-point shooters by percentage in the league last year. Um, yep. Kennard just yep. came out of concussion protocol, and last night was the best shooting night that he's had so far this season. Um, I think once everybody learns to play together, um, by the time Ja gets back and is able to, to join the team regularly, I think that the guys who were who were going to be starting will have have kind of gelled and right. kind of come together in in some of the chemistry because you know they added Marcus Smart they added um, Derrick Rose they've still got the the younger guys who are I'm trying to think of a way to say this that, that doesn't sound condescending um, <laughs> okay like, well actually this like is puppies I, right like, yeah like puppies yeah. You yeah, gotta bring them along slowly, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear a lot that. of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so I actually want to ask you about the young guys because there's Roddy, there's Jake Laravia, Santi Aldama. Technically, is still a young guy. Um, obviously, you have Zaire Williams, who is coming back after an injury-riddled season last year. Um, Kenny Lofton. You know, I can keep going on and on. There's just a lot of young talent on this team. I'm a big yes. Gigi Jackson guy. Yeah, as well, I think Gigi. So, um, excited to see how he grows in Memphis. But ultimately, it's, it's like. Do you think that part of these struggles right now is just the fact that these guys are playing a bulk of the minutes? Because obviously we mentioned it earlier, but no Adams, no Clark, no Jaw. Uh, you know, Santi was out until last night. You have, um, you know, I, like obviously losing Dylan and Tyus. I think like there's so much roster overhaul that throwing these guys, you know, throwing wolves to the fire, so to speak, whatever the saying is. Um, do you think that's the reason this team is struggling or is there something underneath the surface that might be also a prevailing issue here when they get healthier? I definitely think that's a contributor right now. They've got mm -hmm. so many young guys that are being expected to, to manage minutes loads and, and give meaningful minutes in games that they're not quite ready to give. Um, right. I, I kind of wish that they had Gigi Jackson with the team right now. Um, he was, you know, the little bit that we saw in summer league and preseason. Very um, nice. Very, was, very good. Yeah. was exciting. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like this is the time right now where you're kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Because you, you know that you're going to be playing at a disadvantage for the first 25 games anyway. Um, yeah. Finding out that Steven Adams was not going to be available at the start of the season was, was a big blow. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you may get Brandon Clark back by the playoffs. But that's no guarantee. And, you know, and then, you know, how, how does he ramp up from injury? Um, I'm also a big Brandon Clark guy. So uh, I, I do hope to, to see him come back and contribute. But the Memphis has done a really good job of using their G League affiliate to develop some of the younger guys. And they, they um, Santi, uh, Kenny Lofton Jr., um, John Conchar, um, Conchar and Santi spent a lot of time um, playing with the hustle before they were brought on and got roster spots and started to, to see meaningful minutes. Um, I know they have Gigi Jackson down there with them right now. I would kind of like to see him with the team mm -hmm. because, because you're, you're trying to, trying to figure out what works. Yeah. And if you're already relying on, you know, um, Jake Laravia and David Roddy and Kenneth, like you're already relying on, on the guys who 
are going to give you questionable production at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they bought they bought in way hard on the youth movement last season. In these first games, see what G.D. Jackson can do. Like, yeah. I don't think he could do any worse. Um, <laughs> which, I, okay, I guess to, to try to be positive here, which, which one of those young guys uh, maybe has surprised you in a good way uh, to start yeah. this year? Um, David Roddy has been remarkably strong. In his contributions, here's the thing. I'm like, I'm trying to say this systematically. I don't dislike any of these guys. Yeah, yeah I don't necessarily sure. like. I, I, I think that um, I, I think Laravia got a little, little too few minutes. Um, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is honestly the Memphis fan base, me included, love him probably more than it's rationable. <laughs> to a, a, a basketball degree, but he's like he's like a baby Zach Randolph, and you have to understand how I love that. important Zebo is is to like. We are all collectively like willing Kenneth Lofton Jr. to be a, a great player in this league. Like the anytime you know, anytime he gets gets sent in to play, um, or or anytime they're doing poorly and he doesn't get played, um, you'll see a lot of calls on uh, on on Twitter for you know free junior. Um, but we all are collectively like we're trying to make fetch happen there. And, and I think it will um, because he he can give you what Zach Randolph gave you. And the league has gone gone smaller and gone more to uh, relying on the three point shot. But the Memphis Grizzlies have always feasted in the paint um, right. in, in grit and grind and mm-hmm. their their next gen era here. Um, they do well. When they get in the paint, and absolutely. I mean, John Morant, one of the best, one of the best paint yeah. finishers in the league, right? Um, exactly. And I want, like, it's frustrating when you see them. Like the other night, they took fifty-four threes. I think that was like a franchise high for, like, three-point attempts ever. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That that should not be happening. Um, <laughs> and having to settle for these shots. When you see guys who are, are having poor shooting nights, and my my immediate thought is, please stop! Like, please stop trying to make that shot happen. Dylan Brooks was really, really guilty of that a lot too. Um, mm. But if you stop, like, if you know that shot's not falling tonight, drive to the basket, try to finish around the rim, get a foul if you can, um, and then you have to make your free throws, which is another thing that Memphis has struggled with. Um, the last couple of seasons, um, I had I had it written down somewhere. Like, I actually went and did the math for the number of games they lost last year versus how many games that they had where the number of free throws missed was greater than the point differential that they lost by, and it oh, was wow. it was not insignificant. Wow. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but like it was at least forty five percent of the games that they lost. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Well. Interesting. Wow. On on before on the young guys real quick. One thing that I'm always trying to juggle. It's obviously very few teams in the league have as many promising young puppies as the Memphis Grizzlies have. Um, one thing that when I'm looking at like their team payroll and you're you're trying to think from maybe a long term perspective of who do we 
obviously we want everyone to develop, but people develop at different rates. And so when you're looking at who gets what minutes and how to sort of prioritize some of these young guys, especially looking at the timing and who you're going to, who's next up to sort of pay uh, and who you're really going to commit to. And, and especially when you're looking at a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves and kind of how they've handicapped themselves in, in, in a way, what, what do you think Memphis's approach is to each of these young guys, given what they're good at, the, the I guess, flashes that you've seen from different guys? How do you sort of work out like, yeah, we want to compete and contend right now, uh, but there's in the back of the mind a potential consolidation trade at one point? How do you sort of juggle that in the current day-to-day, game-to-game basis? That is a really good question that they have not quite figured out. Um, and <laughs> there's I a lot will, of guys. I will be the first one to admit that I don't necessarily have the answer to that. Um, yeah. They have a lot of role-playing guys who are on reasonable-ish contracts. Yeah, um, definitely. But then they, you know, they also, um, like, they gave contracts to Jake LaRavia. They gave contracts to David Roddy. Um, they brought, towards the end of the season, um, they waived Kennedy Chandler, who they had initially given a, a contract right. to, and he's a Memphis native, so we always want to we always want to see the local kids get in there and succeed. But they needed somebody who could come in. Um, Kenneth Lofton Jr. was the G League Rookie of the Year last year. Um, he when he can get in and, and and get in his groove, he he does play well, and he gives you that like kind of physicality in the paint, sort of like baby Zebo. <laughs> ex- ex- yeah. exactly it really is so um I-, I think that out of all the young guys i expect that either david roddy or jake larabia will probably not be here past next season mm-hmm. if if that long um and I- i'm i'm hoping that it's not like they really bought in last year on on the rookies like they mm-hmm. they had um Yeah, Roddy, Laravia, yep. Kennedy Chandler, um, <laughs> Kenny Lofton. Um, it seems Williams like every back. It's just crazy to me because it seems like every year they have this, you know, end of bench five to six guys of just young guys who, hey, maybe, potentially, yeah. dot, 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 at some <laughs> point. And like, yeah, sure. Some of those guys turn into things. I think Santi Aldama, I'm a big fan. Uh, I don't know how how big of a fan you are, Amy, but like, I think he's yes. a guy who can be an immediate rotation piece for them this season. And he was initially like, oh my God, they drafted Santi Aldama with the 30th pick. Who is this guy? Right. Um, <laughs> right. And then he turns into a rotation piece. So it's like, I, I I always second guess myself with Grizzlies prospects because they've nailed the draft so well over the last, you know, five or six years, whatever it might be, that I kind of I'm just like, okay, maybe these players do deserve a shot. But also when you're competing and you're trying to win, it's a lot harder to find those opportunities for them. So maybe they can find those shots elsewhere, right? David yeah. Roddy, you know, who knows where Kennedy Chandler ends up. But like maybe some of these guys end up on different teams and that that kind of reminds me of OKC in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. OKC also has a litany of younger guys at the end of, end of the bench that might be best served elsewhere. Um, but I wonder how you feel about that. Like, yes, they draft well. They consistently draft well. But what's that, the... Yeah. That is the Kleiman era. Um, mm-hmm. Since Zach Kleiman took over as general manager, um, the shift in 
the ability to draft well, the ability to develop the players that they draft. Yeah. From what we saw from years of Chris Wallace, just it's been night and day. And they've managed to get these guys in the draft. Guys like Santi Aldama, who people think, like, who is this and what is this guy going to do? I, I haven't seen Santi play. Like, there's there's not much of a more iconic duo than Spanish big men in the Memphis Grizzlies. Hell yeah. Um, um, <laughs> and I think Santi has – I always forget how young he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think he's got another leap forward in, in ability and in production this year as well. Um, yeah, and Especially I think with the that, opportunity, right? Like guys are out, he's going to step into a role. Hundred percent. Yes, um, a healthy Santi has been really, really helpful for them. Um, they're at they're they're trying to find, I guess, uh, a, a help. Uh, I guess the the right balance between proven guys who have been in the league for a while, who you know who have experience, and being able to develop the talent that they have. Um, mm-hmm. Because Memphis is not Memphis is not an ideal free agent destination. Um, so they it's harder for them to build through free agency than it is for them to build through the draft. And Absolutely. Yeah. they've done a magnificent job, um, I, seriously, of the uh, of picking guys who they've the, none of these guys may be maybe superstars, but this is a league of role players. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that that could find a bench role on almost like on almost any NBA team. Um, right. they're, they're not they're, they're not going to be what takes you over the edge, but mm-hmm. it'll be somebody that could give you, you know, 10, 15 minutes off the bench and like not make your life worse. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, OK, so Lauren has some questions for you about trade targets. We'll get to that really quickly. I do want to bring up something. Um, just something quickly that has popped out to me initially. So the Grizzlies offense right now is ranked 28th. And yes, they've lost a bunch of games. They're missing a bunch of guys. So I understand that their defense, however, which is usually extremely stout, right? Last year, it was incredible. The year before that, it was incredible. Jaron, you know, they've added Marcus Smart. That should help solve some things as well. Yes, I know losing Dylan Brooks hurts, but still like the defensive nucleus shouldn't have changed too much there, especially with, with Jaron being the guy in the middle there for you. Why is this team struggled defensively to start the year? I can understand the offensive struggles, you know, because this team is, is throwing out around a bunch of young guys, but like, is that just it? Like, is the, is the young guy thing, the reason they're struggling on defense or is it something else that I'm not seeing? I think it's a lot of, they were the best offensive rebounding team in the league when they had Steven Adams last year. Um, His rebounding ability, losing that really hurts them. Um, Mm -hmm. The same thing from, from Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson jr. Is not really a traditional center. Like he plays better at the four than he does at the five. And so being able to keep him there and have someone who can play, that's, ideally what Bismack Biombo is going to provide, how that's going to work out beyond when Jaw comes back. And because I don't think they, they, they don't have a roster spot to keep him once Jaw comes back. So right. I'm assuming somebody's going to have to get waived. Mm. Um, if, if that, um, if they decide they want, they want to keep him around. And I know it's only been one game, but they won. You know, yeah. um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, yeah. he came in, put up, you know, eight points and 10 rebounds in, 
in his his first real time out on the floor in a Grizzlies uniform, and like I, that's Biz, effort that I can't knock. I'll, I'll say this just as a guy who has followed Biz for literally all of his career uh, since he's been a Raptor, and I like he has consistently been exactly what you need him to be in that he's a backup big man will rebound the ball for you will you know catch lobs for you and that's about it like he he's gonna do his job um and he did that last year for phoenix that's why i was sort of surprised no one had picked him up because you know there's a few places dallas for one that i could see like being like hey they they kind of need a backup big man why not Mm -hmm. um but memphis because of the void by stephen adams i think he's gonna help a lot and i i actually I think he stays on the roster. I, I would be I do on, too. I, I, yeah. I, if I had to make a guess here, I would imagine he stays on the roster. Um, yeah, okay, Lauren, sure. let's let's get to your your trade targets, potential trade targets yes. here for the for the one in six Grizzlies. I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I can't say this enough. It's a weird start to the season because I was really high on the Grizzlies. Amy, I'm sure you saw that Me on the too. timeline. I, I was very, very high on the Grizzlies going into the season. I thought the Marcus Smart trade really, um, you know, made sense uh in the larger picture of everything and who knows when john morant comes back they're they're seven games into the 25 game suspension we'll see what happens after 25 games and once he comes back how this team kind of coalesces all together but ultimately yeah there might be some movement there might be an opportunity for a trade or two to make this team go from you know a very very solid championship contender to hey maybe they're at the front of this race now so lauren talk to me what do we got All right, so I've got six names, especially looking at the money that Memphis could potentially move around. I've got six names with all sorts of different contracts that I want to throw out and sort of do a quick fire. Can you see Memphis having any interest in it being as simple as that? Can you see them looking at it and potentially going for it? Yes or no? Sound good? Absolutely. All right, first name is Alex Caruso. Eh. <laughs> Doesn't I, I, move the needle for you. No, not not really. Um, no, I like it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair keep enough. Number pushing, two, we're we're gonna keep it going then. Sorry, Alex. Okay, next one is OG and Anobi. Yes. 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 Okay. We will. Yes, okay. we will. We we will. <laughs> happily, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Of <laughs> course you will. Of course. Of course you will. Okay. okay. Yeah. I have a feeling I know where this next one's gonna go, but I got Zach Levine for you. Um, yes, actually, if, yes, if they, if they could make, if they could make the money work in a way that Mm -hmm. made sense, um, Zach Levine is, is a fun player and Mm -hmm. I I think that he's kind of wasting on the vine where he is. Oh, well, well, yeah, you got that right for sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) he, he, he won me over with with his uh his his dunk contest and, and yeah. space jam and the quad city djs like that's still in my head i'm old so that i was like yes yes okay. um but now he he's he's the kind of guy that i could see them going after mm-hmm. um he's an effort guy and they need that uh, and yeah. he's certainly not he, he's 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 not gonna bring Chicago with irrelevance. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm um, with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay, give a, right. give the next one. Next one. Next next one. And and mind you, some of these are some buy low options. So I apologize here, but the next one I've got for you is New York Nick Julius Randle. Oh, ooh, you know, 
buy low, buy real low. And buy, <laughs> buy, buy immensely low. Yes. Yeah. Oof. If I think about in terms of the vow, like they can get him at a great discount and I don't oh, yeah. think of who, 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 who they have to get rid of to bring him in. Like, yeah. I don't know that I would jump would get rid of any of the guys that we have for him. Um, yeah. And that's probably including, um, including the young guys. Cause I am sort of enjoying watching them fill out a little bit, but like, so you're essentially mm-hmm. saying if you could get him for free, you would say yes. <laughs> if, if we could get him for, uh, for, for a, a healthy discount, I don't want to <laughs> say minimum, discount. but like a, a, a healthy discount, okay. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I could see that being an option for Memphis <laughs> at some point. Okay, moving on to the next name. The next name I got for you is another Chicago Bull in DeMar DeRozan. Um, you knew I it was coming. Pers- yes. I personally... I, 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 I don't know what his contract looks like, so I don't know like mm-hmm. what he's getting paid right now. Like I'm, I'm sitting here scrolling through basketball reference, like, where is his contract <laughs> <Okay>. info? <laughs> um, but, like, he's... He's again the kind of guy that I think it's somewhere can, around like 27, 30. Yeah, he's in the final like year making about just under 30. Mhm. 28.6. Yeah, you probably it, will have to pay him though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to trade for him, you're going to have to pay him. So, it'd be like yeah. give up, match the money, not take on a whole lot and then have to mm-hmm. pay him, yeah. Um I think that if they are still struggling on the wing, like they have been by the time the mm-hmm. trade deadline comes around, like I, I'd say, I'm, and, and again, this is making sure, you know, that like seeing who's available, seeing what, like they could probably do worse than DeMar DeRozan. Like, yeah. I like DeRozan I, yeah. um, a, a, as a player. So like, I, I personally wouldn't, wouldn't be mad at it. Um, yeah. But I, I, again, I don't know. I don't know that, that I want them to pay him that much. Yeah, um, I'll be curious what that next contract looks like. Same. Yeah, me too. It'll be interesting. Uh, do do you right. have another one? I got one final, one okay. final All one. Right. Right. And I feel like it could be a very split thing amongst a lot of Memphis people. But considering Jaron Jackson's success as a defensive guy, could you pair him with one Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, Ooh, ooh, oh, oh, that's, oh man, I have a lot of Minnesota friends. Ooh, oh, this, is, this, is, this is really okay. This is hard for me. Um, yeah, it's not a bad move. Not a, I mean, depending it, on what you got to send out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it depending on on like what you have to send out, how much you have to pay. Um, he really gave them fits. That first, when we played them in the first round, like Steven Adams had nothing for him. Um, So like I could see, I I just don't know how with, you know, having paid Dez and and Tripp and and Ja and Mm -hmm. then like the the salary that they have left. Like, I don't know how they could afford that. But like if, if they could, if they could make the money work, um, I, w- I wouldn't hate it. Um, I yeah. like I because I don't think he's a bad basketball player. I just don't mm-hmm. think that he's. Now that they have Anthony Edwards, I, 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 I don't think he's the it guy in Minnesota anymore. And mm-hmm. 
I think maybe a, a change of scenery would do him good. So I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. He'd have to be way less corny, but. <laughs> hey, Man. listen, listen, John Moran, Ja can help him with that. I think yeah. Marcus Smart can help him with that. Now. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, that game. <laughs> and then the comeback that, that is, that was probably oh, one God. of the greatest playoff comebacks that I have ever watched <laughs> from any team. Because mm-hmm. like they like they were down bad bad like oh, he yeah. was like he was really right to be like we in Minnesota now like <laughs> and then and then they scored like fifty points on them like straight something ridiculous Ugh. like that I don't I don't remember what it was exactly but like they came down from like bad bad down yeah um, yeah but yeah I could I could see him being the sort of guy that in in a new situation yeah yeah okay. I think what I think what fascinates me about Memphis as a destination for Carl Anthony Towns. Everyone is kind of looking at like, oh, New York could like throw, could not have to pay that much and go after him. I think Memphis is in a very similar situation where even if they find themselves as a second apron team, all of the sort of restrictions, obviously the restrictions suck, but they've already got these young guys. They don't really have mm-hmm. to necessarily pivot a lot. I think that they would still find themselves with some depth, with some a youth movement to continue to develop. And I yeah. just don't think the price would be that high. And, and considering the pieces that you have around him, I think Memphis would be one of the desirable fits for Carl Anthony Towns. I think it really would just come down to how interested are they in him and do they feel like that would be the final piece of the puzzle that gets them there and you know where does that lead them i you know what i don't think i disagree with any of that i'm not sure if i think he would be like the needle mover but i yeah, think he could be a I, needle mover um, yeah I'm, like I'm with you him him and anobi i think i would feel um you know feel the best about and again i think i think he's just not going to be able to do any more in Minnesota than he has. I think there's, yeah. there's probably yeah. some chemistry issues now. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I, I don't think he's, he, he's not the guy to lead the team. And mm-hmm. so if he can play on a team where he's not expected to be the leader, because this is John Morant and Jared Jackson Jr.'s team. Yeah. Um, like John ja, Jared and Dez are the future here. And, you know, as as they go, you know, the team will go. And if he's not expected to be that guy, like I, I could, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see it too. The, look, the money would be tough and all that stuff like that. I think that's the the hurdle there. I just mm-hmm. don't know what salary they throw out for forty seven, whatever the amount is for for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, okay, Amy. Before we get out of here, the Grizzlies are currently one and six. Okay. I don't know when the next time we'll be able to talk to you is. Hopefully soon. We, we loved having you on. But I did want to ask you, what do you think the final total, win total, is for this Memphis Grizzlies team after 82 games? Oof. Um, I don't think they win 50 this year. Um, okay. Fair. I, I, fair. Like, I, I want to, to feel that positive, but... Logically, yeah, it, mm-hmm. because I mean they were they were always going to be at a disadvantage being without Ja and and being without Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark and yeah, I, I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad um, because it's <laughs> like and, and the worst part I think about like sucking this bad is that everybody else can see how bad you are. Like oh man, yeah. I right. 
there's very few things left that, that Twitter is really good for, but entertaining basketball discourse is one of them. And like they're dunking on Memphis. Like I can't even, like I can't even talk shit. You can't even, they're not, you can't they're even, not yeah. wrong. They're not wrong. And I'm just like, mm, mm, yeah. Okay. So, so give me a final win total. Give me some, what do you got? I'd say I'll put them at 49. There okay. So right under 50, 50. Okay. Hey, from one and six to 49 is good. That's good. That's a bounce back. Um, that is a bounce back. And look, I, I, I am confident that when Ja comes back, hopefully, you know, all things considered, they they start out the gate running. I think so. I think that's what we'll see. It's like they'll they'll start just tallying up wins once he comes back. Um, Amy, before we go, anything you got going on, anything you want to plug, anything you want to say before we head out of here? Thank you so much, by the way, for, for coming uh- on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, if you would like to read uh, my writing about the Memphis Grizzlies, you can go to memphisflyer.com. Um, we are the Beyond the Arc column, um, me and my friend Sharon Brown. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Hoop City Hellcat. Um, probably spending way too much time. Um, and that, I mean, that's that's really it. I, I hope to uh, I, I hope to have some more positive writing. <laughs> towards towards the middle of the season i hope you do too i hope you do too it's always i I, as as a person who is covering a team that is currently struggling a little bit um it is always fun when the team is doing well it's very easy to to cover a team that has fun wins or or even it was doing fun stuff but the opposite way is not fun not fun at all Mm -mm. oh man i totally forgot you guys had yuda for a couple of years Yes. I know you have to go, yeah. but, but yeah, but how no, you're you, right. How you, you're right. That's that's my large Japanese son. Um, uh, I listen. He is also my large Japanese son. <laughs> I, I love I love Yuta. Uh, I'm. It's so cool because I mean I'm sure you know this because you know Memphis and all that. That's where he started his career. But like to see him go from you know guy who like might not make it in this league to oh he's one of he's just one of the best corner shooters in the league and he's gonna be a good role player in this league for a very long time. That's just, it's so cool to see. Um, and obviously I always, I always get like, uh, you know, a lot of our Japanese friends uh, from overseas, like they'll like quote tweet stuff when I talk about Yuta and it's just very cool to see just how much support and love they have for him. Uh, it's awesome. So it, it yeah. is um, having, having done um, media scrums and stuff with, with like Japan really loves him as yeah. well. They should. And, I, I hope that you're right that he's going to be a role player in this league for a long time. Um, I like to follow the guys that I like when they leave Memphis, and Yuta mm-hmm. is one of those guys that I'm going to root for him wherever he's at. Hell That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. I'm going to root uh, for Dylan Brooks too, just not when he's playing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. As you should, at least in the Olympics this year, if you can for Team Canada, just rock <laughs> a little Canadian flag for us. Uh, okay, from Amy. From Lauren, from myself, thank you very much for tapping into the Objective Basketball Podcast. Next week, we will have a new guest, ladies and gentlemen. The spin, the wheel keeps spinning here. Uh, we will be talking about the Mavericks and Raptors on our next episode. But thank you very much for tapping into the Objective Basketball Podcast. We will see you guys later. Follow hosts at Just S. Barahini on all socials and at the Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the 